The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, everyone? Thank you for uh, joining. Heck of a morning again. This is your guest host, Alexander K. Lee. Uh, for anyone who didn't tune in earlier this week, Mike Heck is on a well-deserved vacation. I've kind of just been taking the reins in the morning show for now. He will be back next week. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Let's take a little take a little pause here for a sec. Let's let these requests come in. Let's let some listeners come in, and uh, we will start the show properly in about uh, in about a minute. All right. Again, heck of a morning to everyone, or I guess it is as it has been this week, Lee of a morning to you all. Uh, I'm told that uh, this is now a free-for-all Friday. This is how Mike does these shows uh, on Friday. I guess you guys are allowed to ask whatever you want. Of course, we can talk a lot of combat sports. The BKFC 41 hype is in full force. We've had a lot of Mike Perry this week. We've had a lot of Luke Rockhold this week. We've had, had a lot of Mike Perry and Luke Rockhold interacting with each other, and it's it's been pretty fun. It's been pretty fun. So uh, we've talked about the fight a lot, but listen, we can talk about it more. It is does seem to be the most intriguing combat sports bout of the weekend. And if we got to talk about it, we got to talk about it. But again, it's free-for-all Friday. Please, we can talk about anything. NBA playoffs, I'm all in. Uh, football, guys, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a newly born football fan. If you guys have uh, Premier League uh, club recommendations, please let me know. I'm, try- I'm shopping uh, a Premier League team right now. I'm just trying to figure out which team to root for. It might take years to pick one, but I feel like as a as a aspiring football fan, I must have one. But uh, no one will replace my beloved uh, Celtic, uh, who I've been uh, who I've been following for a solid like eight months now. 
just huge hardcore fandom. Uh, and just let's let's get caught up in some of the headlines here, guys. We talked about it yesterday. Nate Diaz did turn himself in to the New Orleans police uh, on second-degree battery charges following this uh, street fight that happened last Friday involving a Logan Paul lookalike. These are words. I mean, I can't believe I even say them. But uh, he's people were asking, did he go to jail? No, listen, he turned himself in. He's you know he did all the paperwork. He's already out, posted bail. He's and uh, of course him and his team are denying all charges, saying this is self defense. There's a lot of video out there. Uh, I don't think he's going to jail. I think he will pay a fine and and do some uh, community service. There's also uh, in legal matters, Joe Schilling, kickboxer, Bellator fighter, former Bellator fighter, Joe Schilling. He's also. Uh, Apparently free of uh, this lawsuit that that came up when he uh, he knocked out a man at a restaurant in Florida. Uh, I can't remember when this was last year. I guess oh, it was last two two years two years ago. Uh, anyway, apparently according to Florida's stand your ground laws, Joe Schilling is fine. Uh, you, I, I don't know how people feel about that. I remember what happened. There's people on both sides saying, "Look, he's a trained fighter. He can't be out here just knocking out people left and right." And then other people saying there was. You know, plenty of video of this guy who Schilling took out being a bit of a, part of my language, it's free for all Friday, being a bit of a douchebag, and that Schilling, you know, did the right thing. I don't know. Again, listen, uh, I, I don't approve of violence. Uh, I don't approve of solving problems with violence, but uh, a lot of people thought this guy f around and f around and found out. And apparently, the courts agree because uh, Joe Schilling is, is is a free man. So if you guys haven't seen that story, uh, yeah, he's uh, he was cleared cleared of any any wrongdoing. I I don't know if that's the legal way of putting it, but anyway, don't sue me. All right, let's get to some of the uh, calls here. Free for all Friday. Let's go to uh, Abzwalia. Let's bring you in first today. All right, Abzwalia, what do you what do you got? MMA, uh, generic sports question, movies, music, art. Okay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Hi. Right, so um, my first question is um. Uh, with the NBA playoffs, who do you see winning between the Memphis Grizzlies Lakers tomorrow and same for the Kings and Warriors? And what is at stake for um, either team regarding how the games will play out? And just to follow up with that NBA question, um, now that we are getting close to the second round, um, what are your predictions on the teams that can win, like all the teams from the West and East that can win their round? That's all I have today, man. Have a great day. Thanks, as well. I'm so happy to talk NBA. Uh, I don't know if this is what people come to MMA fighting for, but you're going to get it. So deal with it. And I got no Raptors in the playoffs, so I got a lot of stuff to say. Uh, yes, uh, t- well, it'll be tonight here in in, uh, in the U.S. So tonight's matchups, uh, that's right, we got our West, our last two Western Conference playoff series still going, Kings Warriors and Grizzlies Lakers. Uh, I, listen, I, I do not like this Lakers squad at all. I didn't think they were very good. I thought the Grizzlies would do better, but I forgot that the Grizzlies are like the biggest fakers this year. They've had just so many weird, dumb problems. The whole John Morant gun thing being a, I don't know, wannabe gangster. The chemistry just feels all wrong. Uh, it didn't surprise me. They went down three, one after watching the first couple of games uh, going down, like going into the series. I was like, this Lakers team is bad. Like the Grizzlies should beat them, but uh, the Grizzlies have not looked great either. They're missing Steven Adams. They're missing Brandon Clark. Uh, Anthony Davis, if he was able to like assert himself more consistently, this would already be over. Not sure why he's having so many problems scoring inside, but uh, I do think the Lakers will close it out, and I think the Warriors will also close it out tonight. Uh, just a lot of experience, a lot of experience. Um, Sacramento Kings, very good team. I think they're. This isn't like a fluke thing. I think they'll be in the playoffs the next few years. Uh, but we're talking about a squad that has 
tonight will be their sixth playoff game together. The Warriors, the, this core of Draymond, Steph, Clay, and all these guys, this is like their 100th and I don't even know playoff game. There's no substitute for experience. They've looked fantastic. Great effort from the Kings. Good team. Fun series. Uh, I think both series end tonight. So Golden State in six, Lakers in six. And uh, who's going to win? Man, it's wide open. And as a Raptors fan, a Toronto fan, it, it kills me to see Philly and Boston and New York. I think New York Rick was in the call earlier. Uh, who ironically is a Cleveland fan for people who don't know he's a Cleveland he's uh, I believe originally from Ohio so he's a Cleveland guy and so him and Ariel had to butt heads on the Knicks Cavs series and, and Ariel emerged happy for happy for El Homani Knicks haven't made out of the first round in a while but again Knicks uh, tr- uh, New York Philly Boston all guys in the Raptors division and uh, it just kills me to see them succeed and it's very likely that Boston might win the title uh, they're a great team. They have very few weaknesses. I don't know why they didn't sweep Atlanta. That's the only thing to be concerned about. Um, and from the West. I think Phoenix has a chance. They just haven't had a lot of time to gel. Shaheen Al-Shadi, if you're out there, don't stop believing. If not this year, great chance next year. Uh, and Denver, I'd really like to see, but a lot of defensive questions. So my pick would be uh, Boston Boston over Denver in the finals. And, and now I feel nauseous, just saying. All right, uh, Tristan, let me bring you in, Tristan. Tristan Gordet, what do you got for me? How you doing, AK? How's everything? Um this is a two-part question, one basketball, one uh, MMA. Let's start with the basketball here. Let's focus on your Toronto Raptors here right now. Um, focus here, the let go of Nick Nurse. Well, I saw the press conference with um, Masai Ujiri. Obviously, he did not uh, indicate where they're going as far as the head coach concerned. concerned. Uh, suggestions that I have, obviously, is Kenny Atkinson. Or um, I would like also, too, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, if he's interested to come back and coach. Mark Jackson, I just don't think they're going to hire him because of the issues that he had with front office and Golden State. I, I just don't think Masai is going to take the risk on that. Um, Kenny Atkinson is absolutely great as far as developing players. The thing is, can you convince him to Toronto and then have the assurance that he does it his way? Um, I don't know if they'll get Victor Wembignana. Uh, that would be absolutely phenomenal because he'd be right there in Toronto, French-Canadian connection. What uh, from Toronto to uh, France is like what hop jumps skipping away. Um, just if they don't get Victor, the onus has got to be on Scotty Barnes here. I mean, the off-season program and him taking the onus on himself to be like, I got to be better because I think he could be elite. I think he could be a superstar. They need a superstar player on that team. Once they have a superstar player on the team, all bets are off. They, those guys are going to be competing for titles all the time. It's just, you know, whatever issues that they had with Nick Nurse, I think Nick Nurse is still a great coach. I spoke to a friend of mine who's also a Toronto Raptors fan. He feels that Nick Nurse was uh, overplaying the guys, playing them way too many minutes, not utilizing the bench enough. So, um, you know, is that's the, that's the thing. My thing is the focus has got to be on Scotty Bars. They said that he's untouchable. They're not trading him. Maybe Siakam and uh, OG are tradable. I don't think they're going to trade for Evan Lee. I think he's a great point guard. I think he'd be okay. So just your thoughts on what direction you want them to go and um, how they could get better and they could compete for championships year after year after year. And then uh, my second question is focused on MMA here. Let's look at uh, Song Yudong um, versus Ricky Simone. Now, the thing about – what do you, what's – your focus. What is your thing about Song Yudong? Your um, assessment on him? Now, I watched that fight against um, Corey Sanhagen. I the guy kept putting so much pressure, and he was just eating shots. His durability is amazing. 
And if you remember that fight, uh, once Sanhagen sat on the stool, he was getting frustrated. He's like, God keeps eating my shots. And I think he was worried that if he kept eating the shots and then swung on him with one punch and that connected, Sanhagen might have been out. So, I mean, but obviously good on Corey Sanhagen to keep um, staying in the course and then, um, you know, keep, you know, uh, mixing up with strikes and um, cutting it, uh, believe, near his orbital that had to stop the fight. And um, just what do you think your assessment of uh, Song Yudong here? If this guy goes out there and finishes uh, Ricky Simone, I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy. So just your thoughts on what I just said. Thanks for everything, AK. Thanks, Tristan. Thanks for calling in. All right, uh, I'll be I'll be quicker with the uh, the NBA thoughts because again I know I'm, I'm drowning you guys and stuff, but please keep the questions coming in. I love talking basketball, but I don't want to alienate you know our usual uh, MMA fan listeners for sure. Uh, yeah, Kenny Atkinson, my number one choice for the Raptors. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Guys like Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy are always getting talked about for head coaching jobs. I'm sure they still can still do it. Jeff Van Gundy, I think I don't know. People always talk about it. He just it's being a broadcaster is such a good gig for these guys. It's so much less stressful than uh, than being a head coach. Uh, head coach salaries, I guess, for guys like them is probably better. I think I think if you are able to get a good, if they were to come to Toronto, I, I don't know what the broadcast rate is, but they probably would get a very good deal to come to Toronto, and uh, so money would be a motivating factor, but compared to the level of stress how much they have to work i think that these guys would prefer to stay um, broadcasting especially when they're walking into like a situation where it's very unclear whether they're going to do a full rebuild uh whether you know they're going to try and run it back with some of these veterans because i love these guys love pascal og uh fred van vliet but they weren't winning a lot of games this year or not enough anyway so how much can you stick with these guys 2019 forever listen 20, 2019 championship forever how long can you stick with these guys i think it'd be cool becky hammond i think would be very cool listen i can't deny it it would just be a great to make his be part of history and say that the franchise you root for hired the first female head coach uh ever at the nba level that'd be awesome but also she's super deserving i mean she has been an assistant for some top flight teams top flight coaches she's coached she is a head coach in the wnba so this is not a this is not just like a gimmick hiring not a token hiring she has deserved if anything it's probably overdue for her to get a head coaching gig and if, if it would toronto to be the one to grant her that opportunity i think that'd be so 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 cool um i'm ready for all the flash i'm sure she's ready for all the flash she has to take from fans from media from players even there probably are players who don't want to, um, who might not deal well with being coached by a woman. But listen, this is this is the 21st century. I mean, it's time. It's it's overdue. It's overdue. So Becky would be a great pickup. So her, Kenny Atkinson, I'd be thrilled. And as for Nick Nurse, he was in a tough situation. Yeah, you want him to develop guys like Scotty. Scott is the future. But I feel like the mandate was also to win games. And frankly, uh, the front office did not give them a great gave him a great bench. He had to play the starters a lot. You can tell him to develop guys, but it's that or win games. You couldn't do both with the roster he had, but I'm fine with them parting ways, and, and I wish nothing, uh, Nick Nurse, nothing but the best. Sonia Dong, Ricky Simone, I can't talk about how much I love this matchup enough. You want to focus on the song side, for sure. He's wickedly talented. He's still so young in the game. He's 25 years old. The fight years do pile up more. Um, I think we always have to emphasize this. We always say, oh, this person's 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. Like, they're not even 30 yet. 
but it's more important to sort of look at their record. It's why we kind of like a little disrespectful to Max Holloway last week. We're like, oh, he's only 31, but think about the wars he's been in and we're questioning his chin. Well, he shut us up. But it is it is a factor. You know, it is it is something that has to be considered, I feel like. And Song Yadong has 28 pro bouts. Uh, how many of those in the UFC? He has 28 pro bouts, 11 in the UFC. And these are like high competition. Like he, his third fight, uh, Alejandro Perez, Turbo, very tough opponent. Cody Stamen, his fourth fight. Marlon Vera, his, his fifth fight. He's not beginning an easy go of, of <laughs> being built up. Um, that's why he has tough losses to Kyler Phillips, Corey Sanhagen, uh, and might get a tough loss to Saturday against Ricky Simone. Uh, that does not by any means dismiss him from future title contendership he has he's a plus athlete uh, a lot of people are at 135 it's a tough division so he's a plus athlete which is always great has great punching power um and as you said like there's just been kind of moments where he's he's maybe just a shade off and you feel like if he ever gets that timing down and just consistently um is able to knock out some of these higher tier guys like Corey Sanhagen, like, I don't know, Piotr Jan, if a match like that happened, if he rematches Cheeto and, you know, he won a controversial decision the first time, if he knocked out Cheeto, it'd be unbelievable. So he's, he's a huge power puncher and maybe just needs to round out his game a little more. But I love, I mean, look, and how can you not love what you see from him? And if he beats, uh, if he beats Ricky Simone, puts him right back on track and uh, it's just a very exciting guy to watch. So it's just unfortunate. He's in a very, 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 very deep division. Uh, one that just keeps getting deeper every month, it feels like. So thanks for that call. Uh, CB, I'll go to you next. Toke, I see you. Of course, we're going to bring you in. Let's go to CB first. What's up, CB? What do you got for us? Give you a second. I'll give you a second to chime in here. I know you could be driving, could be at work. I know it's, uh, I know it's always a little awkward to call into the show. CV, I can't, CV, I can't hear you. I might have to come back to you. Okay, no worries, man. No worries. Chime in, chime in. Toke, we will go to you, sir. CV, stick. Oh, no, CV, I'll remove you for now, but stick around, please. Toke, what is going on? The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Record by American law um, <laughs> with the whole with the whole uh, shilling thing uh, because I remember when it went viral I was just like how is that ever self defense but hey um, I, I mean I do martial arts myself I uh, I uh, Muay Thai train uh, so I'm just I just know that I should never use it unless it is in a in a regulated fighting setting. So, or self-defense. So this is just weird to me. But I really just wanted to call in and say thank you for the two and a half years of DMs. And now I get to know you a bit better. Uh, and, uh, and to get to know you even more, uh, even better still, well, I'm you. wondering. Before you go, I want to say thank you. Because I say this all the time. I'm on to the next one. And I've said it here calling into Tech of the Morning, I think, like, you were one of the first people to submit picks to onto the next one when Mike yep. and I were starting off the show. And we get plenty of picks now, so it's great. So we actually have to sort through them. We got so many. But before it was, you know, and we knew it wouldn't be like all coming in at once, but it was maybe like, you know, four or five people a week. You were one of them. It really encouraged yep. us and told us, like, oh, this is a good idea. Like, this is something people are interested in. And, and, now, and now, you know, the show has gone on for, for quite a while now. We love doing it. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Toke. Yeah, no problem. Like someone has to get the ball rolling, and I had thoughts. Uh, you know, some some of my picks are dubious, um, but I want to get to know you a bit better. So oh. I want to know, and this is this is not about MMA at all. So I'm gonna ask you this: It's like Friday night. You haven't really bought groceries for any dinner or something. You have to figure something out on the spot. What is the dish that you go to? For me, it's like spaghetti carbonara or even a gochujang uh, stir fry. That's the two things that I do most. But I just want to know what's the what's the AK dish of choice. That's oh my actually God. my only question. <laughs> and, uh, have a good day, Friday. Thank you, thank you, Doug. That's a great question, actually. Okay, so uh, I should tell people, CV, I see you again. I'm going to bring you in because uh, there's not a lot to say here because I am not a great cook. All right, I am a I am a you know ham sandwich. Uh, maybe I can roast up a pork chop, very lightly seasoned. I'm a terrible cook. Uh, I am now dating a vegetarian. She's a pretty strict vegetarian, and and uh, you know one of the goals is I want to be able to cook better and also cook things that sh- that she may want to eat uh, that she can't eat. Uh, she again she she's she's got some allergies too. So uh, one thing I, I won't say this is one of my like specialties. I would like it to be is I was working on this like tofu stir fry that I found online. I wish I could remember like the sort of exact name and competition uh, uh, composition. Excuse me, 
But it's a tofu. St- I have the recipe saved somewhere. It was a tofu stir fry. And again, if you guys, I wish you, I should have recorded and documented this whole thing. Because like I said, I'm a terrible, terrible cook. So it was, it was, I, I chopped way too many vegetables. I chopped vegetables for like half an hour. I'm pretty sure when you're preparing a meal, you don't need to chop vegetables for 30 minutes. But I, I didn't know my portions. And in my head, I'm like, better to have more than not enough. Uh, I, I probably had too much tofu as well. So it was, it was a huge, it was a huge mess. It was, it just looks, uh, yes, listen, I'm a grown man who doesn't know how to cook properly. Uh, but again, I'm working on it and I want this to become one of my go-to things. I want to get better at cooking vegetarian things. It, it came out okay. It actually tasted like not terrible. It's one of those meals, I think, and as it, I think the leftovers were even better. I think the flavors kind of soaked into the tofu better over the next day, but I was so uh, nervous and I was so uh, embarrassed. I, that's why I didn't tape it. I don't think anyone needs to know how incompetent I am, uh, but I'm working on it. That's a great question, and it, it, it's inspiring me to want to cook more. It was still very fun, and she is very grateful, and I think she even pretended to like it, so... Uh, that story ended well, but yeah, I don't have any real regular, <laughs> regular go-to meals. Hopefully, that'll become one of them, and it won't take me however many hours it took. <laughs> it'll get it'll get quicker as I go on. It can become a uh, a quick Friday night meal. All right, CV, you are back. You are back, CV. Let's hope we can get you in here. CV, I think I hear you. Yo, what's yo. up? Um, I'm glad we're having like a mini NBA version of Heck oh, of a Morning or Lee of a Morning. Uh-huh. Um, I thought I saw um, New York Rick here too, so I wanted to ask like what time will be the the Knicks and Cavs uh, game six? You know? Oh, TV, um, <laughs> come on, we don't we don't do that here. This is a positive space. <laughs> Unless you're here to talk crap about uh, actually the Celtics or the Knicks or Philly, then by all means, go ahead. Well, um, I'm gonna put onto the universe right now we're gonna have a celtics lakers finals oh uh, you, can, you can tell mike that too um you know besides the raptors the lakers are my team but um yeah just just a super quick question for me um how do you think the the bkfc main event's gonna play out oh. and um thoughts on the cold main event as well yeah that's it for me thanks TV. thanks yeah we talked about the bkfc main event a bit we've talked about uh the cold main event a little bit uh, our, I'm, I'm, you know, at this point, it's like, are, are, are any of our feelings changed after, you know, just sort of seeing the buildup, right? That's really kind of what we have to go on. Uh, we had the face-to-face in the MMA hour. We had a face-off on Wednesday, I think, I want to say. Excuse me. And then we had another, uh, what, stare-down yesterday with some, uh, some fun shenanigans with Luke Rockhold and Mike Perry. This is, it's... BKFC, uh, I won't. I don't want to say they always do things the right way, but they do a lot of things the right way. You know, your mileage may vary with the product. Your mileage may vary with the concept, some of the matches they have, some of the you know some of the people they sign. But they really get to the point of why people watch combat sports. Uh, this, I might be speaking for myself. Let me say, sorry, why I watch combat sports, and, and I, I think at least some people would agree. Past all the titles, past all the showmanship and, and you know, whatever uh, main MMA has become since it's gone sort of mainstream is MMA started off as, or I should start off, a big part of MMA is, do you want to see two people fight? This is why I always have such problems with, like, belts, you know, holding up, t- oh, I don't want to fight this person because I'm the champion, they haven't earned it, or, or rankings, you know, rankings make things problematic too. It's like, oh, well, he's number, he's not even the top 15. I don't want to fight him. There used to be a time when it was just like, man, I'd love to see this guy fight this guy. I'll pay money to do it. 
UFC, whoever, Bellator, Pride, make it happen. And that's how it will go. And that's how it will go. Maybe it was never quite that so simple, but that that is the basic tenet of, of fighting. And fighting in general. Do you want to see two people fight each other? You see two people in the street, and you go like, oh, it would be cool if that person fought that person. I wonder who would win. That is the essence of a fight with Luke Rockhold and Mike Perry. It's these guys, again, when they're, when they're in the UFC, we're not even remotely in each other's atmosphere. You wouldn't match these two up in MMA. You still wouldn't today. It makes no sense. But let's take the gloves off. Let's unmix the martial arts. Let's, let's put them in there. Luke Rockhold says, listen, this is, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm meant to do. You know, he, has a, he was a UFC champion. But he's, he, he wants to show hands, you know. He's, he's, we know he's a great grappler. We know he can strike, too, but we know him as a great grappler. Does he have hands? We know Mike Perry has hands. Mike Perry's got a highlight reel of knockouts. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm with the majority here. I just don't see how this doesn't end with uh, Luke Rockhold getting colded. But it's, this is combat sports. This is bare knuckle. A lot of random stuff can happen. Maybe Luke Rockhold's right. I mean, he's a bigger guy, for sure. That has to matter. I know people usually, you know, think about size when talking about grappling and things like that. But, you know, even with striking, with the ability to absorb a punch, that has to matter, right? So, uh, Mike Perry, for sure, for the win, knockout. Uh, but I'm intrigued, man. I'm intrigued. This is by no means like, uh, well, I'm just watching to see Luke Rockhold get knocked out. I think there's a lot of random stuff that can happen. And I love the Chad Mendes, Eddie Alvarez co-main events. Again, this is what fighting is about. Do you want to see two people fight? This is a great... This is. I'll stop short of calling it a dream matchup, but Chad Mendes, I feel like probably one of the more underrated guys of his era, fought for the UFC title multiple times, took Aldo to the limit in their rematch, um, and just has, has a lot of top high-level wins on his resume. I never thought he crossed paths with Eddie Alvarez, but again, thank you to the BKFC for making this happen because th- that's what combat sports is about, is, 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 is making dreams come true. Maybe someday we see... God willing, you know, uh, Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre in BKFC or, or Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov in BKFC. It'll never happen. But uh, I'm saying that's the, kind of, that's the kind of cool thing that comes with, with Bare Knuckle. It's just like you can really find a, a middle ground to just throw hands at each other. And that's awesome. So uh, great. This is what, I know this is what people will be watching uh, with respect to UFC Vegas 72 and uh, totally understandable. I don't blame anyone for it. Uh, Panda, let's go. Panda, let's bring you in. Give Panda a second here. Might be might be catching them off guard. My man, AK, how are you? What's going on? Yeah, just takes a little bit to connect. So weird. But uh, question for you. Be short and sweet on this uh, heck of a morning, heck of a Friday, I guess you could say. Um, Co-main this weekend. Should be fun while it lasts. Would be a little surprised if it got to the cards. Uh, Kyle Bio versus, oh boy, Mikael Olin Jacek. I did my best there, no. AK. Um, what do you think? I mean, I expect a lot of violence. Again, I'd be very surprised if it got to the cards. I'm not going to lie. I'm very surprised Olin Jacek is like plus 290. I feel like this is like an auto take for me just because of all the violence I've seen him output in his career. But the level of competition isn't 100% there when you do look into it. What do you think, my man, Mike? Oh my God, AK, 0 for Panda, 2 you, on that. Did you, did you do that again the other day, or was that someone else? Nope, that was me, 0 for 2. <laughs> well, thank you again for calling me, Mike. That's my best friend, so I take no offense to it. Thanks, Panda. <laughs> uh, yeah, the co-main. Look, uh, sorry, guys, I, I should be taking notes. i got to be taking notes here. Just one. Yeah, uh, the co-main, I, I think it's a, it's a cool fight. Uh, we talked about 
uh, Kyle Borjalio being, you know, Mr. Co-Main Event, such a weird designation to have, but it's something. It's a good gimmick, not to mention he's a good fighter. He's got a nice-looking record. Uh, UFC seems to seems to like him, seems to be into him, very eager to push him, and that's great. And I, and I talked about Kyle earlier this week. I, I really didn't talk enough about the the Michael uh, Mikhail Oleksiychuk side of it because I love him dropping down to 185. Like, he wasn't bad at light heavyweight at all. Uh, he probably could have carved out a nice career there. At 185, he's like a sleeper. He's like a sleeper contender. I, I know that's not saying a lot because Izzy has, you know, has taken out a lot of the divisions. So theoretically, you kind of just need to string together maybe four or five wins to sneak into that title picture. And uh, Oleg Sejcik now 2-0, and one of those wins over uh, the inimitable Sam Alvey. Um, so make up that what you will. Sam Alvey booked, by the way. I don't know if people knew this. Sam Alvey's booked to fight in a, next month, May 27th. B2 fighting series in a heavyweight bout against Cameron Graham. I think people did mention this. I think maybe I'm, I'm, I'm the last one to, to hear about it. Um, but uh, Michael and uh, Kyle Borrelio, yeah, it's a, it's a good coming event. It's a good coming event. This, this card, and I'm loath to use this phrase, this card is what it is. It is what it is. If I have to give it a gymnastics rating, it's below. It's sub eight, which for a UFC card is very hard to do. It's like a 7.6, 7.5. If everything goes correctly, if we get highlights, if we get competitive fights, if we get uh, you know uh, storylines coming out of the main, co-main, then it's fun. Then you then then you've you know this card has done its job. It's it, this card is just meant to exist. It has to take up this time slot. It is to fulfill this ESPN deal. Um, and it, there are implications for the guys involved. So I don't mean to say like, it doesn't mean anything to Song Yadon and Ricky Simone, Kyle Bahalio and M- Michael Alexeychuk, whoever wins is definitely due for a, a jump up in competition. Kyle has been talking a lot of game, uh, recently he's done, he was on, I, I, I don't want to butcher this. Uh, so let me read it out very carefully. I know I'm going to say it wrong anyway, but, uh, Guillermo Cruz's podcast, he spoke to, uh, Kyle Bahalio this week, the, Trocasau Franca podcast. I know that is not right. And uh, and uh, listen, Kyle's talking. He's doing the right thing. He's talking. He's he's uh, he's he's trash talking Bo Nickel. He's calling them all hype. I think that's a fight I'd like to see someday. Though if you're Bo, you're probably thinking I'm one or two wins away from just soaring up the charts. There's just so much hype behind him. Uh, but yeah, check out those interviews uh, on MMAFighting.com. There's certainly more to come. I believe there's uh, more comments from Kyle coming today or Saturday. But uh, Guillermo doing a great job talking to a guy who, again, is either... Listen, Kyle is either one of the rising stars of the 185-pound division or future middleweighty middleweight title contender. Either way. Either way. It's all it's it's all coming up aces. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into that fight for sure. So, uh, still waiting. Uh, guys, anyone wants to call in, by all means... Uh, you will jump to the front of the line. I do feel bad. I know there's people earlier this week uh, who I couldn't get to. So hopefully if you're able to chime in, I'll try to uh, keep track. And it looks like we have someone. Oh, of course, of course. Let's let's bring in the special guest. Michael Heck, you are on. My best friend. My best friend. Uh, do I hear palm trees and seagulls? I mean, are you... Are you are you all in at the beach right now? Is Florida Mike kicking it in full force? Florida Mike uh, does not make his appearance till tomorrow. Oh, okay, uh, but he will be making an appearance in a big way. I'm very <laughs> excited. Uh, it's my mom's 70th birthday today, so we're gonna drive out and surprise her. All my brothers are flying in to to Florida, so it's gonna be a, a nice weekend for the mom. You know, 
Yes, I, I was going to wait till Sunday, but I'll say it now. And heck of a morning, everyone, happy, happy birthday to Mama Heck. Happy birthday, Mama Heck. So uh, I have a question for you, AK. I uh, had the honor and privilege of speaking to the great John Anik earlier this week. Uh, that interview will be popping up on MMAfighting.com on the YouTube channel probably sometime next week. But uh, we talked about the Colmate event between Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad, oh. and I wanted to sort of like gauge his excitement on the fight. Um, it's not that he's not excited about it. It's that he just wishes it wasn't coming together in the way that it's come together. Because as of right now, it appears as if Leon Edwards, if he fights Colby Covington, it's not going to be till like September or October. So in John's mind, like what's the rush? to put this fight together you got Gilbert Burns who just fought Jorge Mazadal. you have Bilal Muhammad who's just coming off of Ramadan and kudos to both guys obviously for taking this fight he just feels like why not just wait and just throw it on the undercard or throw it in the co-main event spot or the featured bout of whatever fight the title fights on then it has a little bit more meaning not saying that there's that meaning now and the other thing he mentioned was he doesn't think the loser of this fight is going to take that big of a step back. While most of us would think like a fight like this would knock, like if Bilal lose, most people would think like if Bilal loses this fight, he's out of title contention for a while because of the road he's had to take to get here. It's taken him forever already. And John doesn't feel like that's necessarily the case because of the short notice nature. So wanted to sort of gauge your thoughts on why this fight is happening so quickly and do you agree with John that the loser, while it's a step back, it's not necessarily like a forever step back? I will hang up and listen, my best friend. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, my best friend. Get back to vacationing. Get back to your my ties. <laughs> okay, everybody. He's the best. Uh, Cole, Cole, I see you uh, requesting. I will get to you. Please stick around if you can. Uh, yes, Gilbert versus Bilal. Great fight. Isn't it great? A great fight. We all want to see it is weird that it is being put together so shortly and in a way they're kind of taking advantage of two gamers i mean gilbert is always saying he'll fight the job of a hat Bilal is trying to do anything to get that fight that guarantees him a title shot it feels like this should be the one but it is kind of crappy that because the ufc knows these guys are looking for a fight and knows that uh they're willing to sign up again on pretty short you know relatively short notice and you know for their own purposes they they need to bolster. They felt the need to bolster this UFC 288 card <clears throat> in uh, New Jersey after after losing out on uh, Charles Charles Oliveira and, and Benny Dariush, which was sort of their locked in like this is number one contender lightweight bout because it's a good card. It's a good card. Like I think Jessica Andrade, Jan Shanans a really good card uh, fight as well. I don't know if it moves the needle. It just I guess just wasn't enough for them to comfortably put that as as the co-main. And if you look at the rest of the card, nothing really screams like definitive penultimate fight. I mean, Parker Porter's on there, you know, it looks like he's opening the car, which is just tragic. He should be closer to the co-main, if not the co-main itself. But they went with Bilal and Gilbert, which is a choice, and that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it, it, listen, these guys are serving the whims of the promotion. They are reliable. They're going to say yes. It's not ideal for either of them. It's really unfortunate. It's not ideal for either of them. You're right. What is, what is, for, their, for the purposes of their careers, what is the rush? There is no reason that they should have to fight so soon. Um, but it is what we're getting. And, and if you're a fan uh, going to this card in, in Newark, uh, you're probably grateful that they put it on. Um, but I do feel a little bit of sympathy for both guys. A loss is not going to 
because they've both had such great runs lately, a loss doesn't knock them out of the picture too much. I do feel like Gilbert is a little bit safer uh, than Bilal is. Like his position is safer, I mean. He's has, he's a, has a reputation as a fight finisher. He's kind of has more uh, notable wins, uh, the Jorge Masvidal, the Stephen Thompson. Um, Bilal has Stephen as well. But uh, who beat him first? I want to say it was, let me see, Bilal, that was uh, July 21st for Gilbert and December, yeah, December 20, uh, 2021 for, um, for, excuse me, for, for uh, Bilal, excuse me, guys, my mind is being fried right now. So, uh, you know, Gilbert kind of did it first. He kind of did it first. And uh, I, I just, Bilal is just one of those guys, he's almost in the, um, he's in the Benil train where it's like, for some, whatever reason, he just hasn't shown enough. I don't know why they, I, I get it. Some of his, you know, he goes to decision a lot, but decision doesn't mean bad fight. It does occasionally mean not super memorable. I don't think it kills either guy's chance of a loss, but Gilbert Burns' spot is safer. I feel like he can get, you know, uh, still get a big fight. Bilal, I feel like if he loses to Gilbert Burns, the matchmakers will be fine with going like, well, that kind of removes him from our equation for now. Uh, we can put him back on, you know, fight nights and uh, uh, pay-per-view, you know, main card openers, and and uh, he'll have to earn his shot back. So there's a lot on the line for Bilal here. There's a lot on the line, and uh, it's less than ideal circumstances. But, you know, I'm a fan of the fight. It, it could definitely have been put back later. Cole, let's get to you, sir. Cole, you've been waiting patiently. Miggy, I see you as well. But let's get let's bring Cole in here. Hey, Cole. Good morning, AK Lee. It's good to talk to you. Good morning. Lee of, a mor- Lee of a morning to you, sir. Oh, it's a Lee of a morning. I love it. <laughs> um, calling to you from beautiful Iowa State University. Um, just got a question on the heavyweight division. You probably already gotten a couple questions on this. Um, some of my buddies are saying some things about Pavlovich's next fight. I think you have to go Pavlovich versus Gone sometime in the fall, late, late year maybe. I just I think you know John's gonna fight once this year. He probably won't fight till April at the earliest next year. I think you got to keep those two guys busy. Um, just wondering what you think. Where does like Tom Aspinall fit fit into all this? And do you think that's next for both Cyril and uh, Sergey? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Colt. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Aspinall, kind of a kind of an X factor in all this. Uh, let me. Uh... Make a little note here. Yeah, uh, first with uh, Pavlovich, he should wait. I mean, I'd love to see him fight again. I'd love to see him fight Sidogan. I feel like that's going to happen someday, no matter what. But uh, Daniel Cormier sort of mentioned it earlier this week. Like, Sergey, you are the number one or number two guy behind Stipe Miocic. He is uh, once uh, in the UFC's official rankings. Pavlovich is number two. In the MMA Fighting Global rankings, I think he's settled in at number four. Either way, uh, and depending who you ask, I did a Twitter poll, and it was pretty strongly people would rather see Sergey fight John Jones over Stipe. But on YouTube, it was a little closer and more favorable for Stipe. And there's a lot more votes on YouTube, too. So I'm not sure what that means. It wasn't like Dom. It was like 56% Stipe um, and like uh, 44% like Sergey or something. So it was close, but there's still that audience out there that that values the star power of uh, Stipe Miocic. So Sergey is, is fifth in the um, MMA fighting global rankings. So uh, I, he should wait. He should wait. If, he's, if he can wait, if he can afford to wait, if the UFC doesn't try and put the screws to him and say, look, you got to fight gone. If you want to have a, if you want to have a title shot, we're not making you the backup. I think that would suck. 
I mean, Pavlovich has already done them a good deed. He was the backup for the Gon Jones fight. So he's already done backup duty. Um, now, whether that means he shouldn't have to do backup duty again, and I, like I would think he should skip into a title shot. We know that's not happening. Stipe is John Jones' preferred opponent. He's the UFC's preferred opponent. But in a just world, Sergey Pavlovich would be fighting John Jones next. Uh, John Jones just has zero interest in that. He still has not even tweeted about him. T- not even tweeted and deleted. And this is John Jones we're talking about. No, no passive aggressive shot at Sergey. Nothing. I'm not even sure he saw that fight. I'm not sure he's aware it happened. That's a bad sign of trying to get a fight with John Jones. But that backup spot is there for the taking. Because I think any John Jones fight needs a backup, and the UFC knows that. And if you're Sergey, that is your role. Uh, not avoid. I want to say what well, he's not afraid of Cedogan. There's just very little for him to gain from that matchup. Cool fight. We're going to see it someday. But if you're Pavlovich, you gain literally nothing. You are in position to be the backup for that fight whenever it's booked between John Jones and Miocic. Stay away from this Cyril Gan matchup. It's, he could win it, sure. But Cyril Gan is, I know people are down on him after that John Jones performance. He's still one of the best heavyweights in the world. John Jones is just friggin' amazing and trucked him. Said more about John Jones than it did about Cyril Gan, frankly. Uh, and it would be mostly a striking matchup, and Gan really excels in those. So, Sergey, stay away. You're the backup. Don't fight Cyril Gan. Tom Aspinall, uh, he's a factor, for sure. He's a factor. Very unfortunate that injury he suffered against Curtis Blades. I mean, we all thought he was trending upwards. I believe he was favored in that fight as well. So clearly, uh, listen, the, the people are really starting to believe in him as, as a contender. Uh, I don't know what is for him when he comes back. Uh, I hope the UFC is smart about it. They don't need to thrust him right back in that title picture again. We've got Johnson Almeida and Jairzinho also in there fighting for, for a spot, uh, fighting for, you know, to, to, to be in line, to be number one, number two contender. Tommy Aspinall, take your time. There are plenty of heavyweights to match him up with who he can beat, get back on the saddle against, and uh, I look forward to that. So Tommy Aspinall is by no means out of the title picture. Uh, if anything, by 2024, don't be surprised if that long-awaited title shot finally happens, whether it's against uh, John Jones or more likely um, sort, of, sort of vacant or interim title, depending uh, where Jones is at by the end of the year, because he's been saying a lot about Stipe being his last fight, which I think is silly. If he wants to retire, he wants to retire. What can you do? Miggy, thank you for your patience. Let's bring you in. All right, Miggy. Hopefully you're still there. I know I know it's uh, you have to wait. I hear you very well. Awesome. Yeah, I just have a quick question. Going back to the Gilbert versus the Bilal fight. Um, now, we both know, everybody knows, I think, at this point, that it's uh, regarding uh, getting a title shot, um, securing a title shot for whoever wins on that fight. But I was just curious, it, what happens? It's the fight game, right? But it's also the entertainment business. What happens if the fight is a bit of um, a lackluster performance in the sense that, oh, it, it didn't, that the, both guys are gun shy. There's a lot of grappling, but not a lot of action. Maybe like too many eye pokes or so, because these things can happen. Hopefully not. But I'm just saying, if that happens, um, and let's say Leon. It's like, okay, I'm stuck with a guy in Colby that hasn't fought in over a year. And the other guys is either Bilal or Gilbert, but they're coming out of a performance that it's hard to sell for a title shot after. What, what, what will happen with those with Bilal and Gilbert? Whoever, whoever wins, if they become a lackluster, do you think it's a better chance for Leon to fight them or Leon has to, uh, has to fight Colby? 
Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, the, how 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 the bout actually plays out is super important. All right, let me let me uh, let me break this down. There is definitely a chance. I, I I think it's unlikely it's a snoozer. I think Bilal has really kind of been been turning it up with his performances. Love the Sean Brady fight. Um, I love the Vicente Luque fight too. I wouldn't call the Vicente you know the Vicente Luque fight dull. Um, Gil Burns again also has a pretty good track record of bringing the excitement. Both of them. You know, maybe had to slow things down against Stephen Thompson, but Stephen Thompson, tricky matchup. You got to do what you got to do to win fights. So I would bet against it being a snoozer. I, I think it's going to be a great competitive fight. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it listen, it just, just happens in MMA. Uh, Derek Lewis and, and uh, Francis got it, right? Um, the, mo- the most extreme example. Sometimes it looks like you have a banger of a matchup on paper. Two guys super hungry should be going balls to the wall to try and impress, to try and earn a title shot. And it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. The, the, the openings don't op- don't show up. Uh, you know, both guys are, are maybe played a little too safe. Cer- it's certainly possible. Uh, maybe we get one of these horrible sort of inconclusive, uh, you know, like what happened with Curtis Blades and Tom Aspinall to get the injury or, or with uh, Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen, you got the injury, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe if Arnold Allen just gets a clean win over Calvin Cater, he doesn't have to do that Max Holloway fight. Right, so this this stuff happens. What what if that has this happens? Fingers crossed. You know, what this happens to Gilbert or Bilal? One of them suffers an injury, first or second round, inconclusive. The other guy's not getting a title shot off that. You know, it's just not going to happen. I, I even I even sort of balk at the suggestion that this is a surefire number one contender's fight. Like it should be, but I don't think the well. I don't. I would highly doubt the UFC has promised anything to either guy again because Gilbert's had his shot. Uh, Bilal is just not someone they've ever heavily pushed as a title contender even though he should be so they'll find another way honestly they'll find another opponent for leon like i shopcott's out there shopcott's out there if colby beats if colby gets the title shot as expected and beats leon i mean if you're kamaru usman don't you go like well i guess i'm not done at 170 yet i'm going <laughs> let me fight this guy a third time i beat him twice already suddenly usman's in play they'd love to put usman in the title fight ahead of Bilal or, or gilbert burns uh, they'd love to give a title fight to Wonder Boy. I don't know. God, if Wonder Boy has a fight with Michelle Pereira, Le- and Leon Edwards would love that fight too. You know, I think I think like there's just so many. Oh, I have to remind myself here. Hold on, I had a weird moment there. Okay, I'm not crazy. They haven't fought. Leon Edwards would love to fight Wonder Boy. Very winnable fight. Bigger name than Gilbert and and Bilal Muhammad. They have options in 170. They're not great options from a meritocracy standpoint. I I, I know you guys are hearing these names. You're going like, why? Why would I, any of those guys get a shot over, you know, Gilbert or uh, or Bilal? But again, name value matters a lot. Sort of the history some of these fighters have with the promotion matters a lot, and it d- just don't be surprised. I I I will say with on the prince of positivity, I will say with confidence. I think Gilbert or Bilal, whoever wins, does get that next shot, whether it's against Land Edwards or Colby Covington or you know whatever whatever happens to the welterweight title with that shot. But this is MMA. Don't be surprised if one of these veteran names sneaks in there, Kamaru Usman, Stephen Thompson, again, or Shavkat somehow finally gets that title shot. We all see him as a future champion. Jack Della Maddalena has a great fight coming up. I don't think they rush him to a title shot, but he's been knocking people out left and right. And if they have a card in Australia, maybe you throw him in there. Maybe you throw Jack Della Maddalena in there. So a lot can happen to this uh this fight at UFC 288. I, I hate I hate to say it for Gilbert and Bilal because they, they should get a title shot, but there's a lot of names out there, guys. There's a lot of names out there. 
All right, let's look. Uh, let's look even more at uh, some of these upcoming cards. Well, we'll see if see if we can get any other uh, callers to chime in here. So we've got the fight night. Let's talk about. We've only really talked about BKFC, the main and co-main, but there's some there's some intriguing stuff on here. Uh, hold on, I got to bring up the card. I know we have a title fight with Christine Faria and uh, Beck Rawlings, the always uh, animated Beck Rawlings. She wore a shirt yesterday. Uh, Beck Rawlings. Uh, I don't think I can say on the show what the shirt said, uh, but you guys can look at uh, our social media. I, I believe I want to say we took a shot of it for Instagram, or you can check Drake Riggs's social media. I saw him tweeted out the shirt she was wearing. It was uh, very funny, uh, but also you know it's a little uh, a little body, guys, a little body, a little uh, something I can't really repeat. But uh, Beck Rollins is not is not the type to be overshadowed. Let me put it that way. She is not the type to take a backseat to the main and co-main uh, backseat. She, she, she is in a title fight. Uh, I believe this is the, I want to say this is the only title fight of the card, unless Chad Mendez and Eddie Alvarez are fighting for something. Um, I believe that is the only title fight on the card. So, uh, and Christine Faria, very underrated as far as uh, BKFC standouts go, like fun fighter, uh, I think she's got she's definitely got a, a personality and edge to her. She definitely stands out in that way. We got Ben Rothwell, uh, regrettably fighting Josh Copeland. I'd, I'd rather not see Josh Copeland in the uh, fighting arena anymore uh, for some of his his uh, things that he's done in the past. But Ben Rothwell, exciting. I'm, 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 it's always good to see Ben compete. Uh, he's been very supportive of the BKFC of the bare knuckle movement. Um, he's spilled his blood for mma listen he is he has paid his dues and uh, and now he's looking to get some fat checks and bare knuckles so we can't complain about that and uh ufc veterans chris Kamotzi and dan spawn are also in there so these bkfc cards lately they've like i know i said this at the top of the show and i i really can't harp it enough they've been delivering both in terms of the sort of the star power and some of the highlights i think like every show there's some wackiness that's going on and again, I always say MMA is supposed to be fun. So I get it. You know, bare knuckle isn't for everyone. Um, you know, and, and it, it, it's, it's easy to ignore. Uh, same with influencer boxing. I know that's not for everyone either, but it's just another outlet for these, you know, some of these fighters, some of these recognizable names or, or the opposite people trying to make a name for themselves. Shout out to Salt Poppy. Uh, you know, it's, it's another outlet for them to do that. And I, I, I can't support it enough. Bare knuckle is it dangerous. Sure. MMA is super dangerous. Uh, boxing with gloves on is super dangerous so the optics of it are always going to weird some people out but i have nothing but uh nothing but support for for the bkfc again even though i don't always agree with some of the people they sign up with sign up to to compete but such is life looking further at and you know we can look ahead to next week i know mike mike will have a lot to say about ufc 288 and we've had some questions on there i do want to know how people are feeling about a uh, question that was asked earlier this week, I thought it was a really great question. I, I wish I could remember who asked it. Who who does the UFC want to win the main event? Who does the UFC want to win the main event? You can tell yourself, you know, oh, you know, that the UFC, when it comes to matches like this, they don't actually have a preference. But I think, I don't think you bring back a guy like Cejudo unless you have a plan. Because he left them high and dry in 2020. Mike has gone on and on about how ridiculous it is that that Henry Cejudo, you know, was was talking about coming to retirement, making demands, 
saying this person should fight me, this person should fight me, they should give me this title shot. When again, he left of his own accord, and and that was his right. No, no one's judging the way he initially retired. That's that's the, was the right way to do it. He essentially said, if the price is right, I may fight again, but it isn't right now, so I'm off. I'm I'm going to go enjoy my life, and that was great. Fully supported. But under those circumstances, unless you were this super dominant champion who rattled off seven, eight straight title defenses, which just doesn't happen anymore in, in, the, in the modern MMA landscape, you shouldn't just walk back into a title shot. Um, especially, you know, people are saying, is this a one-off? Again, because they gave him the shot, I, I get the feeling that there are plans for more with Henry Cejudo. Of course, there's the him wanting to fight Volkanovski. That's always a possibility. And there's other, uh, you know, great bantamweight fights. Him and O'Malley would be a cool fight. So for me, I've leaned towards them saying that I think I think they want Cejudo to win. I could be way off. That's my feel for it. I've never felt they've really been behind Aljamain Sterling. But maybe I'm wrong. If, if anyone has a thought on that, by all means, let me know. Tell me what a fool I am. Uh, and I will, I will, it'll hurt my feelings, but I'll, I'll, I'll live. I'll live. And I need to, you know, listen, maybe I need to, maybe I need to hear it. We talked a lot about Balal Muhammad, Gilbert Burns, and the Main. Jessica Andraj returning to 115 to fight Yan Shaunan. Uh, Jessica Andraj has just been pound for pound, one of the best, most entertaining fighters over the last couple of years. I think she's a point in viewing. I think in a fair and just world, she would be as big a star as like Ronda Rousey. I know that's not how this business works, and that's not how entertainment works, and how the fight game works. I know she's coming off a rough loss to Aaron Blanchfield, but I think that kind of woke her up to, you know, to maybe 125 is not uh, is not where she's going to get a title shot again. And also Aaron Blanchfield is just freaking awesome. So now uh, she's back at 115. She's very much in play for a title shot. She never got that second crack at Zhang Weili. Um, still remains sort of one of the stranger title changes in UFC history because if people remember when Zhang Weili beat Jessica Andrade, very impressive win, first round knockout. But it happened on a card that, for for those of us over in North America, happened in like the middle of the morning. And I I don't think I was at MMA fighting. I think I was working at the score. I want to say when this happened, uh, or was I working in MMA fighting? Maybe it was. Either way, I remember it happening, and <laughs> and I think I I don't remember if I was. I think I was up. I think I was up for whatever reason. And I was like, oh, wow. The UFC title just, strongly title just changed hands in emphatic fashion. And Zhang Weili is a freaking star. Um, but it's a fight that I know of for a fact. Your average fan did not catch live. So this is, you know, this is, the, I, I feel like this is uh, Jessica Andrade's chance to get another shot at Zhang Weili, right that wrong. And for Zhang Weili to even write that wrong in, in, in another sense, because she, I don't think people know, remember that she whomped Jessica Andrade in that first fight. Rematch probably goes differently uh, as far as the outcome. Like, probably go, you know, probably lasts much longer than the first fight lasted. But it's still compelling. Still compelling to me. Um, I'd love to see those two fight again. And if Jessica Andrade beats Yan Shanan, you just call for that title fight because, sure, Rose and uh, Rose has a strong case having beaten Zhang Weili twice already. But Rose is just also MIA. And wherever she is, I hope she's doing great. Uh, I hope she's doing fine. No one should force her to fight. She fight. She should fight when she's ready to fight. But uh, this division has to move on. Uh, this division has to move on. So uh, 
you could do a lot worse than Jessica Andraj and uh, Yan Shan. And I, I'm sorry, I'm totally discounting the Yan Shan aspect of this. If Yan Shan upsets uh, Jessica Andraj, then by all means, you move her into a title fight with, uh, with Zhang Weili. Um, she has spoken in the past about wanting this fight uh, while she was on a win streak. She suffered a couple, suffered a, a couple of tough losses. But she's right in there. She's right in there with a win over Jessica Andraj. So serious title implications in the the uh, third to last main fight. We also got the return of Crone Gracie. He's back. He's back. I don't know how many where is Crone questions I, we got on various shows. Uh, 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 on to the next one. Heck of a morning. Between the links. Uh, you name it. Any, any, any uh, preview shows. Post fight. You, you name any show where listeners can send in questions. And people were asking where the hell's Crone Gracie. I think even I think even his own relatives were like, I don't know if Crane wants Crone wants to fight. Uh, but he's coming back against Canada's own Charles Rodin. So cool matchup. Striker classic, striker versus grappler. I think it's a very tricky matchup for Crone coming back. Uh, Charles Rodin has some grappling defense, but uh, I don't know, enough to deal with a guy like Crone Gracie. We'll see. So that's a great fight. And then uh Movsar Vloyev and Bryce Mitchell. Awesome, awesome matchup. Perfect main card opener. Uh, talk about maybe not title implications, but contender ranking implications. Huge, huge. Because Avloyev is just another one of those absolute killers at 145. Uh, he's kind of just been looking for a marquee win. Maybe Danny Gay uh, fits that bill for you. I don't know. But listen, his last two wins: Ike, Hakim Dawadu, Nick Lentz. These are tough guys. These are tough guys, and now he's getting another. Uh, a guy he was supposed to fight last November, and he now he's getting the fights happening now. And love that fight from Bryce Mitchell. And Bryce Mitchell, you know, looking to bounce back from what can only be called a disappointing performance against uh, Ilya Teporia. He's had a lot of excuses, as he wasn't that top form. He certainly didn't look in top form, so make of that what you will. But it could also be Ilya's on another level, and it could be Mozart's on another level. We're going to find out. Uh, guys, I'll, I'll, I'll log off in a couple minutes, but if, I just want to give last last call, last call, guys, for anyone that wants to chime in share your thoughts uh again it is a free for all friday you can ask anything you want i think i scared a lot of people away with the nba talk again uh i'm de- guys i'm dealing with it my my toronto raptors are in turmoil so uh it had to be done and if anyone again please you can dm me people my dms are open i am uh, this doesn't have to be on the show i am in need i'm gonna bring in kuchuk here kuchuk kuchuk I am in need of a Premier League team. If you guys have a Premier League recommendation, I'm all ears. Uh, did I get... Oh, I'm at a... Chuchik, are you with us? Hello, guys. What's up? James Foster, I see you too. Chuchik, I lost you for a second. Let's see if we can get you back. I want to see if you got a question or comment here. Premier League recommendation. Any movie recommendations, music recommendations? I may have to bring in James. Chuchik, stay on. Chuchik, stay on. I want to. I want to see if we can get you. So send in a request again if you can. James, let's bring you in. James Foster, what's going on, AK Lee? I hope you're having a Lee of a morning. Oh, always, uh, always. I am not a soccer fan, unfortunately, so I can't help you to find a a league, even though I am a big fan of Ted Lasso. So if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, I highly recommend the TV show. Um, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I I always love to fantasize about matchups and MMA that I know that we will probably never get. 
because guys are teammates. Oh, sorry, James, we lost you there. I heard you getting into uh, matchups, sort of dream matchups that we may or may not get. Do we have you back? Oh, yeah. That's where I must have okay. hit the mic. But, uh, yeah, like uh, Kane Velasquez in D.C., mm-hmm. like that would have been a fun one. Um, oh, uh, there's other ones that come to mind. I just kind of went blank. Oh, like Izzy and um, and Usman. Like that's one I would have loved to see when both were champions. But just kind of curious on – on ones that kind of stick out to you. And um, I know you're a big NBA fan like myself. Uh, how shocked were you that the Heat not only beat the Bucks but got it done in five? Like, I want to know, like, your gymnastic scale on the shock level, if that's even possible. Uh, thanks, AK Lee, and have a leave of morning. Thanks, James. Leave a morning to you as well. Uh, outstanding questions. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Close friends – that fought that that should have fought let me think i gotta i gotta i gotta i gotta uh i remember i remember the big one at the time once upon a time was the guys in aka aka the welterweight trio of like josh koscheck john fitch and uh, mike swick swore they would never fight each other um which isn't like which wasn't like the craziest thing at the time and koscheck fought gsp twice the second time for the title so he got his title shot Fitch fought for the title. It's really only Swick that kind of got cut short. He lost a, like a decision to um, Dan Hardy that I think might have cost him from getting a title shot. Dan Hardy immediately got the shot after that. Uh, but So it didn't like hamper their careers too badly. And both guys had plenty of success in the UFC and plenty of success after. But that was always a weird one. And it, and it would have been kind of cool to see, like, I don't know, John Fitch versus Josh Koscheck or Mike Swick versus, you know, John Fitch. And, and, and again, this is, this is at the time. I, I get it. People are saying... Probably sounds a bit weird now, but that was one of the original. And Dana would comment on it on uh, press conferences. People keep asking, like, you know, are you going to have these guys fight to, you know, for contender spot? And they would have to keep addressing it. And they would always say, you want to see us fight? Come down to American Kickboxing Academy. You get to see us fight all the time. Just super intense sparring. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if anyone ever took them up on that offer. I'm sure it was a treat to watch, but that was always a funny one. Uh, I don't know if this was ever, I don't think this was ever discussed but it would have been so cool, I think, to see Anderson Silva and Leona Machida. They're two super nice guys. I get it. There's probably part of this, like, I do not want to see either man punch the other guy in the face. It would be a little bit heartbreaking as well. But just from a pure martial arts standpoint, seeing them compete in, like, a you know an exhibition fight or something where they're not going full speed, they're not trying to kill each other, that would be entertaining to me. Um, I don't know if when you say fantasy matchup, you know, between friends slash teammates, you're like, oh, like a matchup where like a real, real matchup, they're fighting, you know, as hard as they can. That I don't know if I'd want to see Leoto and Anderson do that. But in their primes, though, boy, what a fascinating matchup that would have been. Uh, Both guys are just, you know, puzzles. So much, so much flair, so unique. It just reminds me of a time when fighters were just a little more distinctive in their styles. And it, it, it didn't get much more distinct than that. So, um yeah, Anderson versus the and guys, listen, BKFC. If you're out there, <laughs> I'm just saying, like Leoto, make the money right. Make the money right. Let's get Leoto and Andrew Silva in a bare knuckle boxing ring. Anything is possible now. All right, anything is possible, and that's the beauty of combat sports, right? Uh, regarding the Miami Heat and uh, Bucks, I was super shocked that at least the way Game Five ended. I thought the Bucks had that in hand. I. The way they lost the series was truly 
um, embarrassing. There's no other way to put it. That no, I, I don't know if any eight seed has ever beat a one seed uh, four games to one. Maybe the Chicago Philadelphia series where Derrick Rose got injured. I don't remember if that was a that was a five game series for uh, Philly. But um, uh, Milwaukee, uh, Mike Budenholzer is just a a terrible coach at making adjustments. He's doing something right. He's won two coach of the years. He wins a lot of regular season games. He somehow felt ass backwards to an NBA title. I guess having Giannis into the Kumbo and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday in your team helps. Um, but uh, it was a real collapse. Missed free throws, turnovers, your best player not wanting to touch the ball because he can't make free throws. I, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I've seen a lot of collapses, and frankly, all collapses are a little different. I've certainly never seen anything like this one, and I was just just completely stunned so uh gymnastic scale how stunned i mean not 10 out of 10 because miami was you know up 3-1 in the series and uh when you watch the matchups you kind of see how you know Giannis was injured but it's like a 9.5 i mean that just shouldn't have i had milwaukee frankly going to the finals before the heading to the series and now they're out and uh, one of these stupid teams in boston philly and new york is probably going to go instead and i have to live with that so thanks milwaukee Thanks, thanks, Mike Budenholzer. Thanks, Bucks players not making your free throws. I'm looking at you, Giannis. Love that guy, but I'm just saying. Uh, if anyone else wants to call in, please do. I'll stay on for another. I'll stay on for another minute or two, just in case. But otherwise, thank you everyone for uh, for listening. Uh, I know these free for all Fridays can normally get pretty crazy. Uh, I'm kind of glad that it was mostly stuck to stuff I knew, except for the cooking. Toke, I see you asking that cooking question, putting me on the spot, uh, making me reveal what a uh, how lacking I am in domestic skills. Emilio, what do you got for me? I see Emilio wanted to jump in. This might be the last call. Let's see if we can get Emilio in here. I think I might have missed Emilio earlier this week, too. So, Hey, AK. Hey. My favorite, or my, my fellow uh, Tony Ferguson, Big That's Brother. Right. That's okay. Well, we don't need to put it that way, but yes. Uh, what's going on? Here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean. The, the D writer. Anyways, uh, I'm going to keep it short. I appreciate uh, all the coverage, all the, uh, yeah, you taking over a heck of a morning this week. Uh, You've been doing a great job. Um, Yeah. And anyways, uh, my question for you, very in tune with um, Free For All Friday, uh, because I understand that you're kind of a film buff. uh, I'm and... Let me let me let me just say I I have become very casual with my film viewing. I I I'm like a want. Let me put I'm a wannabe. I'm a wannabe like crit- critic. There you go. Let's put it that way because I watch a lot of like, oh, mainstream okay. stuff and whatever. But hey, please God, proceed with your question. Okay. Okay. Well then, let's see if you can handle this question. What's your favorite uh, Paul Wes Anderson movie? Oh. Or is that is that too yeah. is that too niche? I, people are going to think that I set you up to ask this question because I'm a very well known. Uh, uh, wait, excuse me, Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul, yeah, yeah, yeah not Paul Wes. Yeah, uh-huh. Paul Thomas Anderson. You know exactly. What yeah, I'm yeah. About. Listen, I'll, I'll send you the. Uh, I'll send you, uh, we don't have Venmo in Canada, but I'll, I'll get the money to you later. Thank you for asking that question. Uh, I love I love Paul Thomas Anderson. So. Uh, Oh shoot, that was supposed to be off the air. Sorry about that. Anyway, um, they, yeah, yeah. Oops. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, wax, wax poetically, uh, my friend. Thank, thank you. you again. Oh well, I definitely can't take any more calls after this because I got to end some Paul, Tom- Paul Thomas Anderson talk. Uh, listen, I know uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. I think some people would consider him to be, I don't know, a little pretentious. It's fine uh, for anyone who's not re- recognizing the name and placing the name. 
He's the guy who directed Boogie Nights, one of my favorite movies. Uh, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, There Will Be Blood, one of my favorite movies of this past 25 years. I'm just looking at his list right now. The Master and Heron Vice, uh, Phantom Thread, and recently Licorice Pizza, which I got him a lot of. Most of his movies get critical acclaim. Um, he can be a little divisive because his movies, they can ramble a bit. They have a lot of, um, uh, it's a big, usually an ensemble cast thing. I mean, he does, he does feature his lead actors very well. So my favorite movie, uh, I'll, I'll go pretty basic. I, his best movie. Uh, it's probably one of my four or five favorite movies again of the past 25 years. I think it's phenomenal. It's a beautiful looking movie. Um, it was shot by, I think that he, this is the last one he shot with Robert Elswit. I don't think they worked together again after that, if I'm not mistaken. Robert Elswit's a genius, Academy Award winning cinematographer. And when he teams up with Paul Thomas Anderson, it is just friggin' magic. Some of the best uh, one shots you know tracking shots you'll ever see they're just so immersive so i love the early blood but boogie nights is probably the one i've watched the most you've never seen it it's just super rewatchable um it was his first like real big hit mark Wahlberg is great as this you know bumbling porn star named dirk diggler i don't even know if i need to explain this i mean it's a pretty it's probably one of his more popular movies and uh it's just again uh, uh Philip Seymour Hoffman is in so many of Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. He's funny. He's menacing. He just casts in all kinds of great roles. So nothing but love for PTA. Uh, I loved Liquor's Pizza. I thought it was really good. Uh, I really love Phantom Thread, too. I think Phantom Thread, I, that one wasn't, probably didn't, uh, didn't like explode like as far as popularity goes. It's a very slow, ponderous movie, but great acting, great plot. Inherent Vice, the only one I didn't get. And I know people who swear by that movie. Uh, maybe I need to read the book. Maybe that would have helped, but I know people who say that's a brilliant movie. I just didn't get it. Other than that, love Paul Thomas Anderson. So thanks for that call. All right, everyone. Uh, let's let's cut it off there. We've gone in a very esoteric direction. And I just want to keep in mind, this is, listen, we've got a lot of combat sports. BKFC 41 on Saturday. Uh, UFC Vegas 72 on Saturday. Cage Warriors 153. We've got some Cage Warriors action this Saturday. Reese McKee versus Ju the resurgent. Judo Jim Wallhead. I don't know if people, this is, uh, and this is, listen, and my fault as well as a medium member. We don't talk about this enough. Judo Jim Wallhead coming back to Cage Warriors uh, last year, getting two first round knockouts, winning an interim Cage Warriors title, now fighting uh, Reese McKee, uh, former UFC fighter, a former UFC fighter, Reese McKee. And this is a great fight. This is a great fight. Cage Wars has, again, we don't talk about it enough uh, over here sometimes. I know there's a lot of people out there doing great coverage, of course. Pizza Carroll, Sean Sheehan, I'm forgetting names. Uh, people do amazing coverage of this promotion and the whole European scene. And Cage Wars has just been banging along, man. I mean, I, I, if, if anyone sort of lost track of Cage Warriors, uh, they're on UFC Fight Pass. It's easy to watch. Putting on great fights. A lot of people who, you know, usually two, three wins away from jumping over the jumping over the pond come to the octagon or come to bell tour so uh yeah i can't recommend that enough we got a rising card we got octagon octagon is doing big things on the mma scene love octagon um yeah rising landmark card that'll be super late saturday evening slash early sunday morning um but hey you, you hardcore heads out there uh makuru asakura is fighting so that's fun but yeah, uh, enjoy the combat sports. Enjoy the regular sports. Enjoy no sports at all if you if you don't plan to watch sports this weekend. If you're just spending time, friends, family, or spending time with yourself, take some time for yourself. Because, you know, you're out there. I know you're out there. 
take some time for yourself. You deserve it. You deserve it. You know, it, it, I'm sure you're a great person. I'm sure you love looking after your friends, family, everyone. Take some you time, kick back, do whatever it is you do and uh, do some self-care. I think it's super important. Um, I, I don't know. I, I actually might be, I can't quite remember exactly when Mike is coming back from his vacation. So uh, you may see me again on Tuesday. You may see me again Tuesday. I'm not sure. But if not, if not, guys, it has been an absolute pleasure guesting for uh, Mike Heck. If he's back on Tuesday, I can't wait. He's the, he's the man. Uh, you heard him himself. He's still working this week. He wasn't supposed to. He was talking to his pal, John Annick. So I guess it's not really work. You know, they're just having a good time chumming it up. But uh, the man never stops. Hardest working man in the business. And uh, I, I am just lucky to be his best friend. So this has been your guest host for now, possibly again on Tuesday, Alexander K. Lee. And thanks, guys, for listening to this free-for-all Friday episode of Heck of a Morning. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.